This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Sometimes during the break, they tell us that we need to talk a little more for the first little part, you know, as we get guests together and get the tech together. And I think, what will we ever talk about? My goodness. It's always a question. Kelsey, you have something you want to talk about? The Never McRib. Oh. The return of it. And the pizza, apparently. Newsflash, yeah, apparently. remember the pizza. What do you mean remember? I'm kind of curious was I alive for the pizza? Remember. When was let's this see, around? Uh, let's see. Let me carry the four. Yeah, you were around. Seriously? You, they had pizza yeah, in the 90s. Yeah. And McDonald's. You were around. You would have been like four or five years old. And was it like a real crust? Maybe. Yeah. Four or five oh, yeah. years old. But the, yeah, I'm, I was learning, McDonald's then. I'm learning that I don't think it was all over North America. I'm not sure the U.S. Yeah. had it. I'm not sure how much of Canada had it. Where were so you people living? Out there, for us, when? I was here in London. Okay. I was actually at Fanshawe, and we used to go over there mm. to the McDonald's all the time, and I'd get it. Okay. Well, in the if they bring it back. After the McRib, I guess they'll I get the feelers out. No, really? That garbage McRib. They're all doing it, though, like. this kind of retro. You know, Timmy's is doing oh, yeah. it with the donuts. Well, remember you were on McDonald's, though, for their changing, and you made the statement, oh, I'm just okay, uh, things the ex- way they are. That was a completely different food. conversation. Well, there you go. Okay, There's the I don't want and... any of this uh, spin-off McDonald's stuff. It's not uh, real. And That's look forward, because that old spin-off is, re- is definitely retro from the 80s, but also look forward to your favorite, the Shamrock Shake. <laughs> You know how you like that, too. No, thanks. Yeah. Anyways, that's a good point for us to stop talking about this and move on to Ask of It with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. With companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. We're really getting into... Do you remember it, Danielle, the pizza at McDonald's? Or the McRib? The pizza? I don't think I ever had McDonald's pizza. Mm. Okay. And the McRib? No, I'm not a rib person. There you go. Easy. (laughs) Even if they were available, I probably wouldn't eat them. (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. No, I I never liked it. I wasn't a rib person when it was out. It was like, oh, forget Mm. it. Certain things just don't make sense for McDonald's because it's not as we know it now. So it's no. kind of like, I can't imagine. Yeah, it, but it was good. The bacon double cheeseburger was a good stunt. Yeah, yeah. Pizza yeah, yeah. for a pizza. My favorite is the fries. Mm. I, you oh, know, yeah. I know I shouldn't eat them, and I know they're really bad for me, but, but still, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, uh, we're kind of getting into a meta conversation with you today about job descriptions for vets. Uh, we're basically asking the question, if job descriptions for veterinarians are all the same, no matter what kind of clinic you work in, and how the job descriptions may change depending on the circumstances. And you're going to give us a bit of a an insider's look at vet practices <laughs> around this today. So we talk a lot about Pets, small animal vets, um, is there much difference between what a small animal vet does compared to someone who works in another party of the part of the industry, like large animal vets, which you've talked about your history with that with us? Yeah, and, you know, of course, like you can imagine, there's, there's actually a huge veterinarian in what, you know, veterinarian or a huge variation, sorry, in what veterinarians do in their mm. job on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, um, getting a veterinary degree and getting licensed, you know, doesn't mean that you have to go work in a veterinary hospital. Um, I think most people have 
pets have a good idea of what small animal vets do in their job. But, you know, there's a whole range of other things that vets can do with their career, you know. Um, there's a, even a wide variety of different types of the, the doctor type work, you know. Um, for example, in large animal practice, you know, it's more common for vets to have a truck full of equipment and travel from farm to farm to treat their patients. Um, if you're not a farmer, you may not know that these practitioners even do some surgery right on the farm, like oh. particularly if they treat cows. Um, cows are kind of unique in that, you know, you can do major abdominal surgery on them when they're awake and standing in a stall, like you just do a local anesthetic and they just stand there, they don't care. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually Which kind of surprising Which stomach are you working on today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Um, so, you know, some types of clinical work are very specific and remarkably different, you know, than going to the vet with your pet or calling a vet out to see your horse. Um, we have veterinarians that work only with, like, fish on fish farms and poultry veterinarians um, that do large animal, like, or large commercial flocks and stuff like that. Um, they spend a lot of time, you know, doing things that I would rarely do as a small um, animal veterinarian. And of course, we have veterinarians that um, work with zoos or aquariums. And when even if you're not doing the doctor type work, you know, there's, there's other career paths that a vet might choose. So um, some of us will opt to get more than just our DVM degree and we'll stay in schools to get a master's or a PhD. Um, some of these people will go on to do research or teach in veterinary schools. Um, and some will pursue a specialty. You know, they'll go on and do extra training to become cardiologists or dermatologists or what have you. Um, and they also work in a variety of other industries that aren't related to, you know, scientific or hospital clinical types, type stuff as well. Well, you have me so surprised. Just, just some of the things. You know, not blown away here. So I think my that that pursuing what you just mentioned is probably going to surprise me a little more. What kind of other industries will you find veterinarians working in? Well, you know, the pet food industry is a big one. Um, there are specialties that veterinarians can pursue in pet nutrition, so they often work in the pet food industry. Sometimes um, so do general practitioners. Um, some will work in like an office type of research setting, but others will be an educational role, you know, informing people mm. about what's new in nutrition and what's new with the products the company they work for carries. Um, another industry needing vets, of course, is the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so veterinary research help develop new therapies for animals. Um, they monitor the health of lab animals that are used in research. Um, and, the, you know, the government employs a lot of veterinarians, particularly the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. So, you know, their job is to make sure animal food products are safe and to monitor the important export of animals into and out of Canada. And, you know, they do things like, you know, watch for and guard against, investigate occurrences, you know, of any foreign diseases yes. that could be a threat to animals and people here. So, you know, these are just a few of the things that, you know, a vet can do in other industries. That's a lot of inspectors kind of thing. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't even count some of the more unusual ones I've seen advertised or heard of people doing. Yeah, I was going to say, these ones pretty much make sense, especially the educational aspect or research aspect, mm -hmm. right, and just consultation and such. But what are some of the most unusual places you've heard of vets working at? 
Well, sometimes we're, we seem to be hidden in plain sight. Like, you know, reality TV seems to be a big one these days, <laughs> sure. you know? Sure. I mean, there's tons of shows like The Amazing Dr. Pole is one that comes to mind, you know, where camera crews seem to be following veterinarians around. Um, given the popularity of these shows, there there do seem to be a lot of them out there. Um, in a similar vein, I've even seen advertisements for veterinarians to apply to work on Hollywood movie sets. And, you know, their job there is to ensure the safety and humane treatment of animals used in filming. And, you know, personally, I kind of saw that and I was like, wow, that would be a really cool job. But for one little problem, you know, you, you have to be comfortable with all kinds of unusual animals, including big spiders. And, you know, and I read that and I was like, nope, <laughs> definitely not a job for me. <laughs> What, with your affinity to spiders and all? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't have an affinity for spiders. <laughs> I, I like them if they're up in a web far away from me, but That's as right. soon as they start coming anywhere near me, I'm like, nope, nope. Yeah. We'll just yeah. leave you're, you're, good with, you're good with Charlotte, long as she stays on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so with that being said, talk about the small animal practice small animal then. Practice. I mean, there wouldn't be much difference between job duties there, would there? surprised. Um, one thing can, that can really affect what a vet does on a day-to-day -day basis are, of course, the veterinarians themselves. Um, like everyone else, of course, we're people who have strengths and preferences, you know, and so sometimes even if we don't specialize, you know, we might gravitate toward the types of cases we have more of an interest in, like behavior or dermatology or surgery. Um, you know, I've never actually owned my own practice, but I imagine it must be a challenge for practice owners to put together a team that kind of complements each other. Um, so, you know, the vet who loves surgery might take on the more difficult surgical cases, while the one who loves the complicated medicine cases might take those instead. Um, the other thing that can really impact what a veterinarian does at work, of course, is how many and what type of support staff they have. You know, if, if you have a lot of highly trained support staff, like a lot of registered veterinary technicians, you know, um, your time might be spent doing only things veterinarians can do, you know, so examinations, interpreting lab results, writing records, surgery, those kinds of things. Um, they can person working in that situation can come out of an exam room and just kind of give the pet off to their staff and say, go and draw blood and take some x-rays and I'll go wait for the report and go on with appointments while you do that. But, you know, if there's not a lot of support staff, you know, vets um, end up doing a lot more of this sort of hands-on stuff themselves, taking blood, collecting urine, um, doing x-rays, that kind of stuff. And, you know, if, if you're in a bit of a smaller practice, sometimes you kind of have to wear a lot of hats in order to get the job done. And some of them may not not even be related to veterinary medicine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, a bit of a teaser, right? I mean, I don't think it's unlike any other industry where, um, depending on how the practice is run, people kind of do a little bit of everything. But I am curious what hats you've had to wear at your job. You know, in, in my experience, people tend to forget that, you know, vets have interests and hobbies outside of work, you know, mm -hmm. that are unrelated to their work as veterinarians. And sometimes, you know, those interests translate into useful skills that occasionally your employer takes advantage of, which is great. So I actually love to draw, you know, and do art stuff, oh, crafts, wow. that kind of thing. So I have done all kinds of art stuff for work over the years. You know, I've made posters for open house events, signs for clinic signs for just about everything. Um, I was responsible for coming up with topics and designs for a waiting room bulletin board. Oh, cool. You know, one of my coworkers said, you should have been a kindergarten teacher. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> 
And another thing I'm really into, of course, at home is sustainability. So, you know, I put on my little sanitation engineer hat to take the waste cardboard to the recycling facility at lunch sometimes, right? (laughs) And occasionally staff shortages have, you know, forced me to become a receptionist, a janitor, a technician. Okay. These are all hats I've worn at one time or another. And, um, you know, but if you're a man down because of illness or somebody has to leave, you know, you've got to pull together and get everything done. And I'm not going to watch the phone ring if I'm waiting for my next patient to arrive and everyone else is busy. That would just Mm. be silly. So, All hands on deck. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, for sure. And one time I even worked for a place where we did um, a fundraiser where we put in a beach volleyball team. So I put on my athlete's (laughs) hat is not such a great hat for me to wear, but <laughs> we played beach volleyball and it was fun. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, Danielle, you have told us that, you know, there it, there is a lot of friendliness and just that kind of family rapport around the clinic where you work anyways, and, and I guess it, it continues that way when you're talking about just filling in and everybody doing a little bit of everything when, mm-hmm. when you need it. Uh, but this has been really insightful overall. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Less spiders week. on the beach, right? Yeah. No spiders. No spiders. Yeah, that's why she likes that. No spiders on the beach. <laughs> Dr. Danielle Johnkind joins us for Ask a Veterinarian on Tuesdays. That's a weekly convo that you can also ch- revisit on our podcast platform of Kelly and Remia. After the break, we have the bi-weekly nutrition segment with Julia Karanchis. She's going to tell us how we can add some vegetarian and vegan options for protein for our daily intake. We'll be right back. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs> 